This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're back in West London with not as many points as we had expected to have at this podcast. We are still on the Deux Points podcast. It's a Trois Points podcast. um, It's very much like watching Eurovision Song Contest with a UK entry (laughs) when you think they're going to do all right and they just come away with like three or four points it's uh yeah unfortunately we're not we're not looking the eastern block aren't conspiring to, to to do us down we're uh we're just not scoring enough goals no, no one's given us more than one point yet no, 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 point. that's right on point you know and it's a it's a conspiracy theory and we've been talking about the conspiracy theory weeks and weeks now but at the end of the day sometimes you've got to look at this conspiracy theory and say maybe in your own backyard maybe the songs that you're producing and maybe the producers that you're using are maybe not quite up to scratch maybe that's a question or maybe it's not but anyway this is the besotted pride of west london podcast and we are here in our second home we're still back in the cross keys We've been here for another week. Well, we haven't actually because we've been up to Birmingham and we've been up to Sheffield and we come back here again um, because we like this place. Absolutely teething tremendous pub in Black Lion Lane in Stamford Brook. And they're great. They're, we walk in there, they know us now. All the same regulars are at the bar. Oh, mate, how are you doing? All right, oh, I had a bread get on. Oh, yeah, did they lose? All right. <laughs> it's one of those ones. But, you know, they're all really friendly. Had a Forest fan behind the bar. He's not here today. Thank God for that. Um, as well, he's a lovely bloke. But, you know, he does actually just give us little jibes every now and again. But, listen, we do love it. But, have you ever done the area? Just come down there and have a, have a swifty. Have a, have a swift pint in here. Um, <laughs> as you the said, the hurricane's still, hurricane's still here as well. You know, but we've heard it's passed over at Chiswick. And it's moving on to Florida now, so uh, which is all good. But I'm Billy Grant, and I'm feeling relatively chirpy considering I got back in at three o'clock in the morning last night after a rather arduous long day going up to the north in Sheffield. Um, and I had a good, I had a good time actually. I have to admit, bar well, 45 minutes of the match. Um, Laney, how are you? I'm all right. It's the old keep football out of football adage again, isn't it? Um, had a good day, but football let you down. Um, I'm really good, actually. Um, I didn't make Sheffield. I was. I'm kind of pleased I didn't. 
I was 100% until then and I, I really didn't want to get to that stage in the season where I hadn't missed a game and then you end up, you have to, you have to go, it, take, it takes over your life, so um, it was a, you know, I, I, I wish, you know, on Saturday I wanted to go, on Tuesday I couldn't, so, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's become a, a must win game on Saturday against Reading now, unfortunately. Uh, I think uh, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday was always going to be a tricky, tricky um, fixture. But once again, we created enough chances, and we there was, there was enough very, very good chances there to have come away with at least a point. And um, you know, we we it's, we've got some lively discussion tonight. I think. Indeed, indeed. We've got the Dutchman back. We haven't seen the Dutchman for a few weeks. Um, I think he was here sort of kind of round about the, uh, the judgment day. The, uh, the, 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 the day we sold loads of players, I think, is the last time the Dutchman was around. But now, now we're back, so we, we blame on the Dutchman. It's all your fault. Excellent. Yeah, I'm over my yotterettes now. Um, and back to moaning about other things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good. The same, good, good, good away trips and um, looking forward to discussing why I'm feeling angry about not being able to get angry it's, it's a very strange situation because we kind of st- should be, we, st- we should be fuming we should be kind of you know b- bottom of the league we should be placards and pitchforks and actually we're all going yeah we're playing good football and it's, it, it'll come good so it's a very unusual position to be in so looking forward to some lively debate indeed indeed but listen we are going to talk about the games. We played Aston Villa at the weekend. It was nil all. We should have done a lot better than that. We played very, very well. We were unlucky. We'll talk about unlucky as well. Were we unlucky or were we just just, just didn't do the right thing? We played a Sheffield Wednesday as well. We played very well, particularly in the first half. Again, we were unlucky. Were we unlucky or just do we not do the right thing? We'll discuss that a little bit later. But listen, before we chat, let's go to listen to the fans in the pubs, in the streets, in the rain on Wednesday after the game and hear what they've got to say. You buy your luck, Bill, and today we didn't buy it. Um, you win games by scoring goals. Uh, Watkins played a blinder. Brian Woods played a blinder today. Malpey was very effective up front, but we've got to have players who score goals. And we can talk about all the luck, we can talk about all the stats, but if you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, we're going to go away from places like Villa and probably Wednesday or Tuesday with a nil-nil draw or one-all draw. We've got to start scoring goals because the team's performances are good, but they don't count for Jack SHIT if we're not actually scoring goals. It's If you look at it as a neutral, it's kind of typical of what you would expect from two teams in the position that they're in. If you ignore the fact that they've won the European Cup 200 years ago and we're Brentford. But, you know, we came, we were the better team. The manager has been quite, has got a lot of praise for us and the way we played today. We have to take a point and it's considering the churn that we've had during the transfer window, it's, we have to take baby steps and you have to be satisfied with the point. Um, I'm not sure you were that mighty. We were very poor though, to be fair. So the fact that Sam Johnson was our best player says everything. Who's Sam it? Johnson, sorry? Yeah, that'll be our goalkeeper. Our goalkeeper making three good saves in the second half. Clearly you were the better team, so undeniable. Uh, when I say you're not mighty, I'm just mildly winding you up. You should, you should, you should have won the game. You look like a team with a system. You look like a team that were playing to that system. You look like a team that were playing for the manager. Um, we don't currently, so that, that was the ob- big obvious difference. Uh, but yeah, no, fair play. You, you play well, deserve the point. So. It's becoming a little bit predictable where we play really well and we don't win, but you know, <laughs> you, you have to say that it, it has to come. You know, 
we can't we can't we can't keep playing like this and not win because that today was a winning performance. You know, you, you come to a place like Aston Villa and Villa Park. And it, it is intimidating, but we didn't look intimidating. And, and for me, that's a massive plus. I, I, I haven't spoken to the Villa fans, but I know for a fact that there's not one that could say that we weren't anything but unlucky. So you know, you got to take you got to take um, you got to take positives out of that. And you know, I love to go to Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday, another toughie. But I don't go there. I don't go there nervous, and I'm sure the players don't. Do you think it's a case that we still need to kind of bed in with our team? I think there's a bit of that. I think there's also that that pressure that comes with being at the bottom or 20, you know, 23rd after six games. You know, as well as we're playing, you can see those nerves on the players and, and in the fans, and you know, that, those shots where we had you know, good good chances at the ends. And you know, you would hope they'd have put those away, but they're, they're nervous. You know, we got a bit nervous at the ends. I think that'll come, and once the results start to come in, no, no one here's depressed. No one here's worried about whether we're going to go down or any of that nonsense. So everyone here thinks we play well today. And everyone knows that it's going to come right. We just kind of bide in time till it does. So, and I think they're bedding in. And actually, you might find further down the line in this season that this will do them a favour in terms of bedding in because it's probably happening without us realising it. And once the results start to come in, I think we'll be ready to fly. If I was talking about a game today, I'd be saying Brentford did deserve to win the game probably. On the amount of chances you've had, the amount of chances we've had, I think we've had one one chance on target Brentford have probably had about 9 or 10 but at the end of the day Brentford were the better team you've got a lot of youngsters who are doing really well but as far as Villa are concerned we need to step up an awful lot man of the match has got to be Johnson in goals for us and that isn't how it should be for an Aston Villa fan but fair play to you Brentford You've showed you've lost a lot of players and you're still up there. We haven't won again. And it is now beginning to, you know, we can talk about luck, we can talk about all the chances we create. We have got to start winning games. Um, Malpe, you know, hit the post with the very final shot of the game. But we cannot keep on doing this. We, we, we played them off the park in the first half. Second half, they, they, as you said, came at us and kicked us, kicked us around a bit. But we have got to start scoring goals. We can play all the beautiful football, all the delight that we want to see. But if we ain't scoring goals, if we ain't winning games, there's going to be some real trouble coming up. We've got to do something on Saturday. Some good stuff in the second half. I thought the first half we were really, really poor. And uh, what we, uh, we kept going. Uh, looking good at 2-1. Then after that, it, uh, we let you guys back in and you almost got back there at the end. So not a great performance, but uh, we've won. So I think it's going to be another season like we've had the last couple, scrapping for the playoffs. I don't think we're quite good enough for top two. I don't think we're anywhere near good enough for top two, but I think we are good enough for the, the four after that. But yeah, when we're playing well, I thought, you know, when we're playing well, we're a good side to watch. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but the first half, I would say, was the best half I've seen all season. The second half wasn't the same level, but very unlucky to lose on balance. Oh, we still had most of the ball in the second half. Um, I thought we I thought we did look a bit tired. I think possibly the goal just before half-time changed the momentum a lot. Um, and we seemed in the second half to be trying to thread it through the eye of a needle too much. We were trying to be unnecessarily precise in a way that just wasn't going to work. It's very frustrating for us supporters, so I think for the players themselves, and they know they're playing decent football, 
and we, we played Aston Villa off the park on uh, on Saturday. For long passages of the day, we played extremely well. Um, there's an element that we're not we're obviously not putting the ball in the net consistently enough. Um, you know, Neil Malpay was running around tonight uh, very well, but never really got that killer ball. Yet our midfield is passing the ball superbly around. Are we not direct enough? I don't know. You asked about confidence. That they must know that they are playing very well, and it will come. Down the bottom of the table, which is where we are, the points are very close. One win, two wins, moves you up to mid-table. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Well, scoring yeah, goals, scoring goals is, yeah. Problem. We're not taking enough chances. You outplayed Villa, and you couldn't score. You had the tough chances to win the game, but you couldn't. You're inept. You, you can take the time, but by the time they get that up and running, we might be relegated. Luck is a very strong word for it. it <laughs> you can hear from my laughter, probably the other interviews of it, how much good football can we play before we actually get a turnaround, especially with that last kick of the game absolutely hitting the post. I, I thought we could get an equaliser. I, I think we had it in it. The, the quality of the passing, the performance from a lot of the players... Nico, the whole lot of them really, really did well. But those couple, admittedly, the second goal that we gave away was lost on the halfway line. And yeah, I think I believe it went off off Hooper or someone, and it bounced around, did a bit of pinball, and it went in um, a bit harsh. But nevertheless, it went in, kept battering away, even with the long injury at the end. The last onslaught, like I say, from my initial comment. We still managed to get a shot away and it hit the outside of the post, not the inside of the post. It is what it is. So listening to the fans on Saturday and Tuesday night, a lot of disappointment, but interestingly, not a lot of anger. Um, If you look around on social media, there are some people out there that, you know, again, we talked about this beforehand, football. Football is very, 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 you know, you get the passions out on people and, and, and they do feel things. And, you know, sometimes it's not logical. You just feel it. You feel angry. You know, the fact is that we're playing brilliant football. But then if we're not winning, people get angry because we aren't winning. So they, you know, they turn around and say, we shouldn't be playing the brilliant football. Let's try and play a different style of football. Let's try and bring in some more players. Let's try and go direct, you know. And people, you know, at the end of the day that you try and do whatever you can do to try and see you can get the right result. It's free. I mean, you know, we let's, let's be honest. We're a bit confused because you know, what what, what is it that we're asking? What we obviously want, you know, it's clear we, we would like to win. Thank you very much. But what what else is it we're asking for? You know, please please create less chances. Um, please don't have so many shots on goal. You know, we you know, people say we're not shooting. Um, you know, shoot. We've got we got shoot shoot faster. Shoot. You know, shoot shoot on sight. But. You know, we we can't we top of the, the the you know the shots on target stats already. You know, so you know what is it we're asking for? Are we asking for a different style of play? I, I'm not. Um, are we looking for go, to go more direct? Well, we haven't got that. You know, we're not equipped. We've got no tall front men. So you know, what, what is it we're asking for? We're playing some. We're still playing some of the best football I've seen in my life at Brentford. But at this stage of the season, it's it's not it's not transpiring into into wins. Um, on the flip side, you know, I, I'm I'm not criticising for, for people for getting confused and getting angry because, you know, 
just, it's a, just a natural reaction. We, we, we started the season with really high expectations. Um, we've fallen very well short of that, but no one's outplaying us, and, and, that's, and that's important too. But this is the question, high expectations. Is this the problem? And we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is it the fact that the, the expectations are so high that we've expected ourselves to do so well that we've actually now come back to it and we aren't doing as well as we could, should have done? or thought we would do, and then everyone's getting really disappointed. Is it this whole expectation thing? You know, if, for example, we were expected to be 16th for the table or 14th for the table, would people go, oh, my God, we're 23rd, all we need is two wins and we'll be exactly where we're meant to be? It's just, I mean, it's quite an important question because it comes back to this whole scenario about our team. And the fact is that, I mean, I saw a lot of people were jibing about, like, we, you know, we've said the fact that we laugh about it. We've kind of got over the fact that Hot has gone and, you know, Colin has gone, you know. So we got over that fact after about a week. And the other one. You know, so I'm saying we got, you know, we got over the fact. And it's like, it's like the, it's like, you know, you know, girlfriend, you split up with the girlfriend. You go out on you know, the lash for a couple of days and then you get over it and then you're fine. You know, so we got over the fact that these players are gone um, and you and you move on. Okay, so you move on and you realise that Brentford are moving on just like you're moving on. But the fact is that maybe we talked about this a little bit earlier. We have to get our heads around the fact these players are going to go. It's a really unlogical thing to do, but the fact is it's really difficult because you do get emotionally attached to players if they're really good, if they've got a good personality or they play good football. But the fact is that the way that Brentford are, they're going to go. So we're going to be in this situation every year, every two years, where we're basically recycling players all the time, waiting for the new players to get back onto par. And then if they're any good, they'll go. If they're not any good, they'll, <laughs> they'll stay with us, like you know what I'm saying. So it's almost like we have to be an average side with all average players for us to retain the players, and then we'll be happy. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there, but I don't think that any of our... You, know, you take the last two performances since we lasted the podcast. I don't think any of that is down to players leaving. Um, you know, whilst we all know we're going to miss those players who, incidentally, not had a win between them all season um, after their first two games for Birmingham, but they're not the reason why we didn't win at Villa and we didn't win at Wednesday. You know, the reason we didn't win at Villa was because we didn't take our chances, and the reason that we didn't win at Wednesday we didn't take our chances, and we made a couple of you know schoolboy errors at the back again, particularly for the second goal. So I, I don't think. That's the issue. I'm not disagreeing with that point that we are always rebuilding. The point on expectations is clearly that you know, we had some, we had a range of predictions between us and across the, the crew at the start of the season. But I don't think anyone said second from bottom. I don't think anyone remotely thought we'd be in any sort of relegation danger. The irony is I don't think anyone still does think we're in that danger, and that, that's why we're in a bit of an odd position at the moment because we, we do know we're going to pick up, we do know we're going to pull clear, and it's just a matter of when. That's 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 it. Full stop. Is we 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 just a bit. We we don't know what it is that we're 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 hoping for apart from just needing more points or expecting more points. You know, the expectations I don't think were too high um, because we're a very good team playing very good football. We didn't expect us not to score. Oh, you know, we, we 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 need to create thirty chances before we put one in at the moment. That's that's not going to continue. It, it it just it can't continue because these players are still too good. You know, there's a lot of things that we're getting confused about, or angry about, or kind of scratching our heads about. We really we've got no control over, and there's nothing we nothing we can really do about it. 
you know, our, our, our selling, our, our, our um, recruitment strategy, there seems to be nothing wrong with. Our retention strategy is, you know, we, we can't retain players. And even when we do try and retain them, they go on strike until we have to sell them. So, you know, the, the player power seems to be, um, you know, we, we're fighting against something we can't fight against. Once a player has, has, has seen pound signs and, you know, his agent has, has sought out a deal, there's nothing we can really do about selling them, um, you know, it's about keeping them. So, again, what can we do about that? What can we do about our playing style? Nothing. I don't want. I don't want to see us playing any differently. I don't. I don't think. Um, so you just got to hope that the, the luck the luck comes back. Okay. So luck. We've been talking quite a lot. If you listen to our podcast the past few weeks about luck, we've been talking about goals. We've been talking a bit about stats. Listen, we just open up the conversation here. Listen. Some people may believe it, may not believe it. They just think it should be all about goals in the back and that doesn't really matter. Listen. It's all about having a conversation here and having discussions. And the really interesting thing, there's been a lot of discussions with people, just asking questions. And I just I quite like the idea of people just discussing and just talking about things which are out of the norm or they're they're slightly quite different because at the end of the day you may have reached exactly the same conclusion that you had before but it just means that you're actually able to explore something else and something different and like we said we had James Tippett who was on last week who was and we'll have to qualify exactly he was a junior I think he's an analyst who used to basically watch games. He used to work for Smart Odds in in, 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 in a year out of school, you know. So he went out there and he picked up some stuff. He, you know, he's he's very much a Brentford fan, but also he learnt something in his year there. Um, he really did, and he just came to us and he talked to us about sort of stuff last week when he started to talk about expected goals and all this kind of stuff, which is a sort of another stats um, um, figure that is used, which made us start to think. And all of a sudden, we get people coming up to us at the weekend just talking to us about certain stuff. And they said that's really interesting. I was thinking about that now whether or not you believe it or not whether it's not right or wrong I mean we're 23rd in the league so you might say ah yeah well whatever you know that's that's completely irrelevant because we haven't scored the goals that's completely right but the fact is he sent up over some more information to us a couple of days ago which I didn't actually put out because I just thought this could be you know stats overload for everyone and at the end of the day when you're not winning you know the last thing you want to do is want to say oh but actually we've got you know the expected goals means that we should be top of the league like you know it's the last thing that you want to hear but it is still quite interesting because we are still very much in the game when it comes to that no we're not top of the pile no we're not bottom of the pile but we're about sort of 10th or 11th in where we should be in the league table as far as they're concerned in in in, in, in the chances that we're creating so the question that i was thinking about is, is that everyone keeps talking about luck it's luck it's luck here but when is there a fine line between luck as they talk about and basically bad finishing because you know <laughs> where are we at here yeah i'm not really sure luck matters in terms of finishing and as I just said the two games that we saw the reason that we didn't get the points or a point from the second one was because we didn't finish properly and I don't think there was much luck around that you could argue that Malpe's shot at the end that hit the post was unlucky and as much as two inches either side it would have got sorry two inches one side it would have gone in the other side it would have been wider um, yeah, but the rest of them, there was some poor finishing in there. And is that luck? I think you know, luck and statistics merge together. You, if you have 30 shots every single game and 20 are on target, eventually, and it's 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 Matt Benham's game far more than mine, eventually you will score some goals because you know logic tells you that over time you will. But you know, right now we're not winning games because we're not finishing and we're making silly mistakes. And I'm not sure that's luck. 
I, I think those those stats, the um, goal scoring stats and the near miss stats, let's call them near miss stats, they only actually benefit someone who's actually not at the game. If, if you're actually at the game, you, you'll be screaming, Sawyer's bloody hell, why, did you not, why didn't you put your foot through that? And someone, someone's got, oh, a, a number two, I'll put a number two against that. But, you know, it... This, it, it should have been a better shot. It should. It, it wasn't a. It, the actual shot was a two, but it, it should have been a better shot. He, he, he made a wrong decision. So you're talking about at Sheffield Wednesday when Sawyer's was in, go, in on goal yeah. and he took a shot and or he kind of did a he did a, he did a move. It wasn't even a shot. It was a sort of pass yeah, shot it, thing. It kind of, he tried to pass it on to, to Clark, I think, and and you know it was it was an extra. Just 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 at, in those positions, just finish. You know the the, the the most clinical, the most clinical strikers in the world. They're not looking to pass it onto someone else to finish the job off. They finish the job off because they know that they can see the whites of the keeper's eyes. Just slam it, slam it home. Mulpe um, um, missed missed one earlier in the game as well. Sheffield um, Wednesday game. Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, I don't actually remember much from the Aston Villa game that was actually that close. The goalkeeper made a couple of saves. Clarkey was through on goal one on one. Goalkeeper made a couple yeah, of brilliant he made, saves. He made, he made, he made, he made three, three brilliant saves. Three, three brilliant goal. saves. But you know, I thought we created better cha- better chances in the Sheffield Wednesday game. They seemed to be like right in on goal. They were just fluffs. Yeah, I, I agree, and that, that's my point. I mean, luck. luck I think luck is just a matter of eventually they're not going to keep missing, are they? But you know, th- this is poor finishing. They need to sort it out, and they, they, they will sort it out. I mean, they're, they're good players. They, they go through patches, and we've looked at the stats, and we, you know, we know that strikers come. They, they score goals in patches, and they go through barren patches. And we've been there with V Bay, and we, we were there with plenty of strikers in the past. And you know, we, we know that Malpe is a good player, and we know he's going to score goals, and, and it will happen. It's just this kind of time warp until. We pick up and uh, and go. It's interesting because you're saying that. I mean, we've again some fans and again social media they say certain things. You know, now that we've lost these games, you know, we've seen some people saying you reap what you sow. If you sell your best players, and you know this is naturally going to happen. And yeah, we've sold all our players. We've sold our best players. We're not going to score any goals. You know, it's it's your fault, Brentford. There's been a, a bit of that going around at the moment now. You can understand people's venting their anger about that I mean not going back into the economics of why we had to or we didn't do you put the emotional on um, but one interesting stat I say because I'm going to ask you another question is that do you think because obviously we at the moment now we've got Vibe who is technically is our main striker who's injured so we've got Malpe who's been brought in but all of a sudden he's like come into the game come into the British game probably a, a bit quicker than we thought he would do one month in and he's like playing game in and game out now, there's this whole thing about players acclimatising. As you know, players come from different leagues and they come and acclimatise. Makochko's come in, played a few games. He's now come out and he's on the bench, you know. He still needs to acclimatise to the British game. Um, um, you've got Malpe, who's just had to play because, like, there's no one else to play in his place, you know. Watkins has come in from Division 2 and he's playing out there. Had a brilliant game against Aston Villa. Didn't have such a great game against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, it has to be said. But, you know, he's still potentially a good player. Is this a whole bedding-in scenario as well where... You know, we're expecting the players to actually kind of be firing from day one, but maybe actually it's going to take them a little bit of time to get up and running. I think it, it takes time to play together and to gel, but you know, the, the, we just had some poor finishing, and, and they'll work on that. 
and we've all seen what Malpe can do in pre-season in the first couple of games. He's a very exciting player for us, and I don't think anyone's having any criticism of him at all. And the same with Watkins, and you know, we mentioned Soyuz earlier, who's been you know, probably our best player for the first six, seven games of this season. So um, it, it, it does take time to gel, but actually I think we're gelling quite well. I mean, if you look at the football that we're playing, and, and if you count gelling as how you interact with each other and the moves and the passing, the football we've played this year has been up with the football that we've played for the last two or three years. What just hasn't quite happened are the finishing touches at the end. The selling of players is, um, again, it's, it's just another confusing area. You know, the people that are saying that we shouldn't have sold um, the, these three players, were they saying exactly the same thing when we shouldn't have sold the three players that we sold to make room for these three players? You know, we, we seem to be moving on and evolving. Um, so, you know... A right back that came in two seasons ago, you know, it's not, you know, I think Dean's probably the one which most people are probably angry about is the fact that he'd been here for a long time, but he'd also been looking to go for a long time as well. You know, we we, we, co- we covered this, um, we covered this, you know, quite extensively over the last couple of weeks about, you know, whether whether it was possible to keep any of those three players, you know, in a in a in a in a perfect world. Yes, we would have done, but you know, Yotta's agent clearly wanted to move him on. Dean was looking for wages that we we weren't prepared to pay for a player that you know most people considered wasn't a Premiership defender. And um, Colin had a, had a had a buyout clause in his contract that was you know sub sub three million pounds. So we got good money. We got we got good money for all of them. It's not as if we gifted them away. You know, and we've said a million times, so two of them were in the last year of their contract. So to get to get the best part of sort of where it might be ten million pounds for those two players, when you know in three months' time it might have been halved, that's that's pretty good business. We we still be galling about it, but we 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 are a selling club. Well, it's interesting you say that. We're coming back to because again, a couple of players have been pointing their fingers towards players that we've sold and said if we hadn't sold these players, then maybe we wouldn't be in the position they are. And one of the players that they actually uh, they called upon was was Andre Gray. You know, Andre Gray, we sold him like you know, and he's gone. Now it's an interesting scenario here because obviously Andre Gray, he came into Brentford five hundred grand from Luton. He played his first couple of games, and people don't remember that. A, he got a bit of a coating when he first started as well, and also he didn't have the best starts for Brentford. Yeah, he was a striker, but um, I don't know if you remember, but in his first 14 league matches that he played, Andre Gray actually only scored two goals. Question for you, Bill. Is he still at Burnley? Of course not, because he, you know, again, he's got the agent and he wants to move on. He'll move on every time, and that's how it goes. But I said to you, but two goals he scored in his 14 games. It took him quite a time to acclimatise, to get himself up to fitness, to get himself up to this league from the division that he was in. Everyone sort of says, you know, Andre Gray is the gold one, but the fact is that he actually only really started scoring pretty much after Christmas, like you know what I'm saying. So you know, and he scored 17 goals in total. I think it was for Brentford. You know, so we we, we remember the things that we want to remember. We, we got Malpe at the moment now, who to be got this view. He's come from France, he's coming here and he's learning the tricks of the game. He's looking quite lively, dangerous, and he, yes, he's fluffed, but we're on our seventh game of the season, aren't we? And I'm not sitting down there thinking, oh, we've got to wait till our 40, uh, 39th game before we but should that, actually... That, that proves my point completely. You know, Andre Gray, but he, Burnley couldn't keep him. Burnley couldn't keep him either. So how the hell are Brentford going to keep him? So we, you know, Burnley give him his 40, 50, 60, whatever he was on grand a week. 
and they couldn't keep him. So you know, these all these players are trying to max out completely at all times. Unless we start paying players sixty grand a week, and which will go bust in a year, you know, we don't stand an earthly chance of keeping the very, very best. We've got to be thankful that we are getting players that are that good. And I, yeah, at some stage, I, I would hope they start to be able to keep a few more. But you know, let's be realists. I mean, to me, this isn't just about the transfers. Though. I think it's very easy to blame always on the transfers. And as I keep saying, I don't think that's the reason why we're struggling so far. I mean, of course, long term, we've lost a couple of classy players, and Yotter in particular. But you know, we, we, we've replaced those players for the future, not necessarily for the now. But we need goals to come from all over the pitch. And when Andre Gray wasn't scoring, we had goals coming from other areas on the pitch. And we're not getting that this year. And we've got players in that team where you can't quite see that we're going to get the goals from McCracken. Mahocho, you know, the defenders, you're not really seeing Barber get many, you can't see Rico getting too many, you know, Dalskar possibly, Egan pops up every now and then, but there's, there's not a lot of goals coming from elsewhere, and I, I think that's, and then when that happens, and the forward, you know, your main man doesn't score those goals, you know, the, the, the finger's pointing at him, as it's done with, with let's say, Vibay in the past, and, you know, what, if, if people think the reason we didn't win on, on Tuesday night was that we didn't have Dean or Colin, then, then they're wrong because we made silly mistakes at the back for the last, you know, it's been the bane of our life for the last two se- two seasons really and certainly for the back end of last year and the start of this season. So that's not the reason. We need to give these players time, not, not to gel in, I think just to get, just to get up and running. And, we've still got a very, very exciting team. Those players have gone. It'd be nice to have a podcast where we don't, talk about the players that are gone and talk about the players that we've got and the players that we're going to get I mean it's, it's quite interesting when you talk about that about the about the you know the, the games that we played at the weekend and I'm sort of stretching back to you know just thinking back to the Villa game where we all said that we played very well and Villa didn't have much of a sniff I think they had one shot on goal as well now we've always talked about defence now the fact is that we've had Harley you know, we've always worked, worked out what's the defence going to be it's going to be Harley and it's going to be BLN BLN Harley Egan Elon Harley you know uh, Barbe, we had no idea, you know what I'm saying. All of a sudden, it's like, bang, it's kind of a little bit more obvious who it's going to be. And, and I think for the players as well, it's made them feel more comfortable because they know, Barbe knows, right, that's it, I'm there. I can now prove myself, yeah, I'll make a mistake one week or that, but I'm going to get better and better. Just like what Dean did back in the day when he first started off for us, making le- mistakes left, right and centre. You know, even a couple of years ago, he's still making mistakes left, right and centre, but because he was in the side, he could actually learn from the mistakes and move on. I quite like that idea, and I think that, we go back to the Villa game, the defence was fairly decent. And I also thought, and I said this as well, and it's typical because I thought I didn't actually tweet it out because I know as soon as I tweet these things out, it all goes horribly wrong. But I, I said to um, um, the wristic beside me, and I said to me, defence is actually playing pretty well, isn't it? Because what Wednesday were doing, I think they obviously had done their research. They thought, get the ball in the middle, cross the ball in the middle, Brentford, you know, weak at crosses and all this kind of stuff. Ball's coming in, bang, it's coming out again, blah, ball's coming in, coming out. And we were actually kind of repelling their attacks in that way and I just thought cool this is actually quite good I'm sort of feeling a little bit more comfortable like we did at the beginning of the season when everyone said finally we've got defenders who can actually kind of head the ball out and it's typical because it was a stupid mistakes that come in it's almost like the one chance that they had or the one or two chances they had that came in which actually they got their goals from but in general I thought the defence is actually kind of not looking too bad and I think that's quite a positive for Brentford and we should see what's going to happen on Saturday we're playing at home if the fans get behind the team let's just see actually if they get a time to actually kind of bend a bit properly because you know Wednesday you know you're talking about I don't know 25,000 probably there on Saturday you know on, on t- Tuesday night 
Villa, 30,000 Tuesday night. So you've got that pressure. Saturday, you've got that pressure of having all those fans on your back as well, trying to play when and perform. To be fair, we didn't buckle. We were kind of cool with it. But let's just see how we perform with our own crowd. We need to get behind the team on Saturday. We can't be doing all this, oh, yeah, you haven't won a game yet, and getting their back, because they actually need our support more than anything now. I just, I just honestly, I, I, I can't move past the. We've not been outplayed by anyone at all this season. We, we've got a really good point against Wolves, who, who, who clearly are a really potent team this season, um, and we got a solid point at Aston Villa, where you know we we should have won. Um, we should have got something out of Sheffield. There's not one game this season. There isn't one that I can I can point my finger at and say that we we didn't compete. We weren't. We didn't. We weren't. We didn't have the quality. We we're not worthy of being in this division. We are way too good to even contemplate getting relegated. And I and I just know that obviously, is people gonna say yeah, but unless you win, then that's a, that's a real threat. It is a real threat. But you know, I, I I predict that in four or five weeks we'll be sitting here um, and things will be very different. And if they're not, then then something something drastic needs to be considered. I'm going to ask a question because it was asked on, on the well, it's not asked, but it was said on the podcast by a couple of characters who was on the back of the coach. Interesting. I just talked a story about coach. I actually uh, for the first time in my life, or oh, actually the first time to a match, I actually got the mega bus um, from Victoria on the Tuesday. I only decided on Monday night at 10 o'clock that I was going to go to the game and the trains were too expensive and didn't know we going to get a ticket. So I looked online and the Megabus was ridiculously seven quid. And also the other reason why is that I had a lot of work that I needed to do, editing stuff and all this kind of bits and pieces. And the Megabus has got PowerPoints so you could plug in your all your gear. So literally I had a little mobile studio going up for three and a half hours up to Sheffield. And it was absolutely brilliant. So instead of having an office in London, wherever you do it, I just thought, let me have an office on the M1. So always, always an option for an away trip, you know. Meg, I mean, we've come back because we've been stranded in Sheffield a couple of times due to one um, stupid alcohol intake yeah. and two was a game that was called off and we didn't expect to be coming back. But seven quid yeah. one way to Sheffield, 14, 15 quid return. 15 quid, uh, it's five quid the time that we actually, when, when we went up there and the game was called off, Sheffield United game, and it's called off at one o'clock. We got up there just at one and we looked on the Megabus thing and it's five quid to come back. So we just went straight there. No complaints, direct, straight, straight out of Victoria, straight to Sheffield, free Wi Fi. Free power, power. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an option. Yeah. You know, it isn't as isn't as much fun as a, as the as train. I'll give you that. But you know, if you but if you got stuff to do, and I had stuff to do, and I was just in my own world, it was absolutely fantastic for me. So I got all my bits and pieces done, and I managed to get to the game. So I was very happy with that. But anyway, talking about that, and um, we was talking about Sheffield. And, uh, and what we were talking about was just going to Sheffield and, and I said to you, I'm on the coach on the way back because I've got the supporters coach on the way back as well because there's no trains. And we were talking to a couple of characters at the front and they're, they're very, very cutting. And they said, we're toothless. The problem is we're toothless and if we're not careful, we're going to get relegated. Do you think we're toothless? It, it's, um, it's hard to argue because we're not scoring goals. The... Again, it brings me back to what I said earlier. What what is it? What is it that we're asking for? For us to create create fewer chances, or just to score more goals with the chances that we do get? I mean, 
again, I think I think in V Bay and Morpay we've got goal scorers. I mean, absolutely, you can't you can't argue with V Bay stats. You can't you cannot argue with his record at Brentford when he's played as a as a centre forward or you know more of a number nine than a number ten. He has consistently converted. Yeah, he misses, but you know. <laughs> That's why he's. That's why he's where he is. That's why he's not playing for PSG. You know, the, these players are are kind of like humans. Um, Morpé, he's scored a couple of really good goals for us already. The goal he scored away at Loftus Road was amazing. Um, he scored a really good goal against um, Nottingham Forest at home. He can, he can score goals. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about the calibre. I just think. I, I, yeah, we're not we're not toothless. No, we're not toothless. No, I don't think we're toothless. I think we, we, we play a certain style of football now, don't we? And we, we play one man up top. Um, you know, we, we play lots of football. We try and walk the ball into the goal sometimes, and, it, and it's a different type of football. And over the last, you know, probably three, four, five years, a lot of the fans have started to get used to that. There's still plenty of fans there that are not used to it. They're still the get it in the middle, go hit it long. You know, but yeah, you know, most people have got used to the fact that we play decent football in it. You know, and we will create chances and we are making chances for Vibay and for Malpay and for Watkins and for others and I think you know the, the goals will come and when, when we had Hogan and we all knew how good a finisher Hogan was and I say was as in was for us and probably was full stop the way that he's, he's a good goal stopper now after last night I would say but and he's got a big fat ass that's, the, that's a, you know, vital on a goal line clearance for your own team if, if you, and uh, sorry to interrupt there but if you don't know what Dutchman's talking about if you just google um, Scott Hogan and um, oh, fat ass. Uh, <laughs> ass, yeah ass. or what, who are they playing last night they're playing Middlesbrough so Scott Hogan Middlesbrough and there'll be there'll be the videos around that now but Scott Hogan um, managed to not score a goal that basically should have been scored, you know, in his sleep, uh, and it's gone around. It's gone a little bit viral, and you've got to feel a little bit sorry for him because you know when things don't. Oh, no, actually, no, don't feel sorry for him at all. But, um, <laughs> because he's on sixty-two grand a week, so at the end of the day, he's probably gone. You know, oh yeah, well, I've got no, his yeah. <laughs> so that's it. But yeah, so but Scott Hogan, um, he's he's probably gone home thinking, oh no, what have I done? The point, the, point, the point I was making about Hogan was, you know, I think most people agreed after he went, we, we, we were a better team. You know, we, we had less of a finisher. We, we lost a guy who clearly was a very clinical and you know, one of the best finishers we've seen in a very short period of time that he played for us. But, you know, he was a clinical finish. But when he left, we were a better team. We got more goals throughout the team. We got more goals from midfield. Vibe came in and Sean. And you know, it's, it's how we play, guys and girls. And... Um, it, it, it's very difficult, you know, as Laney says. From the top to the bottom, it's the B team, it's the youth team. The players step up and they step in and they know what the intended style is. And you know, be careful what you wish for. What, what would you change? And we had the debate earlier before we started doing the poll. What would you change yesterday? How big a change would you make? And you know, the general consensus was you wouldn't change very much. Oh, again, and I'm going to come back to the story because I know you want to come back in there, but that is that is a big point. That was one of my next questions. It's like just asking people because people are saying we're not doing very well, we're not scoring, we're not this, we're trying to pass the ball in the back of the net. So the question is, what would you change? What players would you change, or what style of football would we change? Can I, can I tweak that question a little bit? What could we change? Because one of the things I was about to say is, would you play Ollie Watkins up front? It, 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 because he's got the, he's got the height and he's got the finishing ability. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not knocking more pain. I'm while Vibe's not here, he's not available. But is is Watkins as as a, is an out and out striker, or is he? You know, we, we know that he can put a beautiful cross in. 
Where's where's he most valuable at the moment? Is he a better finisher? Is he, you know, is that something we consider? I I hear that he doesn't like, he likes to be playing wide. But, you know, is it, is it something that we should, is that, is that something we could consider? I mean, if you're asking what what we would change Generically, I would say not very much. If you're asking what I would change for the team on Saturday, you know, I, I think I would pick exactly the same team. I think it's almost a statement of intent. Unless Canos is fit, you know, I would pick that same eleven. So you're playing well, it is going to come good, and you know, you're at home. Play it. I mean, what, what, what would you change? You, you want to play not so good football? You want to create, you know, instead of 30 chances a game, you want to. I mean, of course, we need to finish those chances off, but that's not something that you change by by tactics or by anything else you know it, it's and that's the dilemma that we're in really isn't it but I mean I can't wait for Saturday because you know I still love watching the, the, the way that we play at the moment and I fully expect a win on Saturday so turning it around now because listen you know, if you go on to Besotted you'll see it we've got you know articles on it I mean we'll try and post this up as well we put a uh, we put a, uh, a little graphic up as well which showed Brentford who is highest of the shots league and read sort of like the highest on the third or fourth highest on the shots on target league and all sorts of stuff and then there's a expected goals graph where we're about ninth in the league then because we're doing really well so we're doing all the things right in principle but we are near the bottom of the league interesting as well I'm just going to come back to this as well because sometimes you can dismiss these charts but as I was chatting with a couple of my Reading buddies today as you do and uh, we was just talking about this chart and I was saying to them the thing about it is that you can dismiss them to a certain extent but what you need to do is that in the expected goals chart league Cardiff are at the top right and teams like Burton and teams like teams like Burton and also teams like um, who's, uh, who's um, Birmingham at the bottom, Burton at the bottom, and who's who's the other team that's not doing very well? Is Brentford, that Brentford. Uh, Brentford? No, no, not Brentford. But there's another team as well, um, Bolton. Bolton. They're all at the bottom of the expected goals league, and also they're all at the bottom of the league. And so you sort of see that there must be some sort of parallel. Whereas actually, you really are actually not doing very well, and you need to really improve your game if you're going to do something as well. Whereas Cardiff are right at the top there. They're at the top of the league and also the top of the expected goals, so they're, they're obviously like a team to beat. So I think those things, when you look at that, you sort of think that... And then there's a team in the middle like Brentford who are like mm-hmm. the bottom of the league, but they're in the middle of the expected goals, so you're sort of thinking they're just like not converting their chances. So I think what I'm trying to say is that it's if we... It's 100% false position. You know, if we, if we go to Cardiff... It's, I think it's going to be a tougher game than, say, for example, even Sheffield Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? Because it looks like they're just basically, they know how to do the business, they know how to convert the goals, and they are doing so well, even though it's a short period of time. And it's exactly what you, you know, be careful what you wish for. Do, do we really want to become a Neil Warnock team like Cardiff, where it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like... Um, it's, it's another mathematical equation of thuggery and and um, like just physicality. You know, we we are we're overplaying at times. Let's be honest about that. Um, sometimes we need to put our foot through the ball and shoot with a little bit more intensity, a bit more a bit more velocity. We're not don't try and pass it into the back of the net. Slam it into the back of the net. I think that's that's something we could be accused of doing. Um, you know, I, I think um, that extra pass that Sawyer's was trying to trying to make to um, to um, Clark instead of shooting or, or crossing, 
Um, I think the, the luck that we did get last night was when Yanaris shot from outside the area and it and, and it took a it took a deflection or if the keeper fluffed it and the, and we had a similar the, the, the other closest chance we got was when Morpay hit the post and again that was because he took a pump from outside the area so may, maybe it's a, a little bit shoot, shooting harder at target when you get the chance um, maybe, maybe we're too weak in our shot but not be funny we've done, I mean not be funny Ollie Watkins he's had shots from what, 20, 25, 30 yards which is cannoned off the posts you know what I'm saying so we, you know, we, we've been doing that Ollie Watkins shot at Aston Villa that, that's probably I don't know if that's 20 yards maybe just inside the area maybe just outside the area you know people aren't afraid to it's, have, it's have a shot it's difficult because we're not saying we can't, we can't say there's nothing wrong it's going to be alright because that's like really flippant you know, there clearly is something wrong, but what what is that? Is 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 it is it really just luck? Which is what what your question was, to, which brought us into this. Where where does unluckiness stop, and where does bad finishing start? And I think we're we're in the middle of that. It's 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 you know not not every not every club takes every chance they get. You know, you can't. No one wins eighteen three every week it never happens so by the nature of shooting not every one of them is going to get converted I think it builds up after a while doesn't it when when you don't score and the results go against you then you can see the players getting nervous and you can see the one-on-ones and you can see the kind of panic and I think that's the danger where it becomes sort of more than just luck you know that becomes shit we've just lost we haven't won for seven games and I think you could see a little bit of that at Villa with the finishing you know the one-on-ones and the, the slightly longer to think about it, and you know you could argue the luck was more the you know the one hitting Egan on the knees when he didn't really expect it, which yeah. could have gone anywhere and it went wide. That sort of luck, the one-on-ones we should have scored. Without I think you, you can see you can see those nerves kicking in. You can see, you know, how when you go on a losing run, it's hard to get out of it. And we, we've talked before about Dean Smith's famous streaks, you know, winning and losing. And yeah, that, that, that's how you get out of it, and that, that's the danger. You've got to get out of this street quickly, and then start playing the football, and, and yeah, moving up the table. So, just finally, just talking about luck and streaks and scoring and football. I'm going to ask the question: Then is somebody soon going to get a pasting? Um, it's a nice cliche. I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I mean, we've definitely got goals in us. We know that. You know, we know that with a little bit of better finishing we could score two three goals whether it's a pacing or not but I mean I genuinely think we're going to beat some teams quite comfortably soon and it would be lovely to kind of turn it into a yeah it's almost like a, a signal of intent isn't it if you yeah if we were to beat Reading 4-0 or 5-0 and convert all those chances because it, it would just give you know, back to what I was saying about getting out of that losing streak you know it would turn people's opinions around it would get the confidence back you wouldn't be bottom two anymore you'd be moving up the table and scoring goals and it's 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 more of a confidence boost from the rest of it a pasting I don't know. Will we get winning soon? Absolutely. I think. I think once once the chances um, start being a little bit um, kinder to us, or well, the luck slightly kinder to us, we're probably a team that should be confident to be winning plus one goal a lot a lot of the games. Whether it's a pasting or not, I, I think I, I think we're a, a three-one team, a four-two team. I, I think I think we should be most weeks um, winning by 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 plus one goal. And I think you know I'm not I'm not a betting man, but I think we 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 should be that kind of team where we we will leak goals, but we probably should score. You know, we 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 seem to have changed from leaking goals, leaking lots of goals, but scoring lots of goals. To to we had a couple of clean sheets, 
Um, and now we're just still not. We need to we need to score the goals with the clean sheets. So you know, it's hopefully Reading's where we put it right. Well, we have to put it right. I think we're going to give Reading a pasting myself. But then, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I thought. But anyway, listen, we're going to come back and yeah. we're going to talk about just a little bit. We're going to have a look at managers, runs, and just kind of what's been going on with us and. Uh, well, with Brentford over the past few years and managers and runs and games and wins and losses and that sort of stuff. Just before we go on, I'd just like to welcome all the new listeners to the Besotted Podcast. And we know that we've actually picked up quite a lot of new listeners over the last, well, last month, this, this, this season as it is, which is really, really great. We really appreciate you um, tuning in. Please make sure that you subscribe. Just go to iTunes or whatever app you're on, on the Android app, to subscribe to us. If you go to iTunes and write us a comment, if you like it as well, because apparently it helps us go up in the ratings and, you know, more people see it and hear it and stuff like that. So we do really appreciate it. But like we said, you know, we've just been looking at the figures as well. I think we've had over, just in the last month, well over 30,000 people have listened to the Sotted Podcast, which is not bad considering we're only a small club in West London as well. So thanks very much for that and keep them tuning in. We're a pub team, you know, teams like Brentford and we record in the pub, we play in the pub, we do everything in the pub. So thanks very much for tuning in for that. Thank you very much for that. And we'll, we, we will carry on doing what we're doing because we, we, we do enjoy it. And we, we're going to have a little event, hopefully, in a, in a month or so's time. We're just trying to put that one together. So we will let you know about that very, very soon. We, we think we might be even doing it on a match day to just make it a little bit easier for you, which is, which is, um, which is, which is all good. So, yeah. So, uh, I'll second. So, yes. And also, just want to let you know, appreciate everybody that came down to the fans forum that we did together with Biased and Bees United in the Griffin Park grapevine at the church we were going to do it in the pub but we were a bit worried that we'd get too many people and the pub will get all you know just too many people yeah, and they get all drunk so we decided to do it in the church because in the church you have to be very holy and you're not allowed to drink at all except for we actually shipped a load of beer down to the church so we might as well have done it in the pub in the first place but as you know we were meant to get some beer vouchers for that and the uh, beer vouchers <laughs> we went missing and turned up somewhere else um, but the beer vouchers have now been sent out to the characters so if you had signed up for for that event and you turned up at the event and you checked in you should have your beer voucher now and you can use that in the next month at loads of pubs and it's all the information's from there and uh like we said we like to give back we like to make sure that the for fans get back as well so this is kind of what we do so basically we, we like to get bees fans drunk and have a few beers so that's what we do but anyway just coming back to brentford now and we're going to be talking about um we're just having a look because we were talking about there's a couple of things and i don't think anyone's got the answer here because we're not quite bottom but when was the last time Brentford were this low in a division, 23rd, you know, other the championship, but not necessarily the championship, but in you know, division one or division two. Can anyone remember here as well? And I'll put a bit on the pop here, aren't you? Probably under Andy Scott. You say, but probably under Andy Scott, you know. But again, you know, that I mean, that was that wasn't that long ago. That was what, uh, 10, 15, 1990, we got relegated, what, 98? I, I, I'm being being facetious. I, 2008, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we were, we were this low. Um, and under Sky, it, it probably was Butcher. Or well, when did we get relegated out? Relegated out the third into the into the bottom. Well, that's what I'm saying. That was because we went down about 2008, wasn't it? Because we went straight back up in 2009. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I'll be honest with you. I, I really did. I really did have, I've got memory lapse of, of a lot of years around then where I actually didn't enjoy going to Brentford anymore. Um, I went and I went through the motions, but I didn't really absorb it. It was, it was kind of, a lot of it washed over me. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we, we had a lot of crap players and we had a lot of crap results and we, we, we did, we spent, you know, a good few years in the, in the bottom division and we were very low in that bottom division as well for under, under Butcher, weren't we? Um, we, we, we were, we were, we were almost on the verge on the of cusp, going out. On the, on the cusp of, you know, it, it actually became um, believable that we may actually go out of, out of the Football League without actually points deductions or, or, or anything like that without administration. But saying that, we were playing some terrible football there. That was truly terrible football. But, but that's the angry point, isn't it? That, that's the point you're making earlier about where we are now. I mean, you know, when, when that was happening, we were angry. We knew what needed to change. You had to change the manager. You had to change the players. You had to change the style of play. But it was too much yeah, to we change. Knew, we knew what we needed to change. And it's so different from now where we're all going, I'm not quite sure what we need to change. You know, we just need a <laughs> time to sort things you know, out we, for us. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, we're not going to get on to a sort of melancholy, you know, how far we've come. But, you know, we, that, that, the whole, every Every single part, every single fibre of our club needed to change at that time. You know, we we couldn't we we couldn't afford any decent players. Um, the managers were playing awful football. The crowds were terrible. You know, it, it seemed like there was nothing could possibly drag us out of the malaise. But we are a billion miles away from that. So, I mean, back in those days, so Terry Butcher, I mean, he left at the time and, and we didn't feel there was a knee-jerk reaction when Terry Butcher left because um, we felt that we were in a bad spot then and Andy Scott took over and to be fair, he rescued us that season then he, then he, took, then he, then he took us up, you know what I'm saying? So you've got to tip the old hat because he actually took us up then, you know? So that was, that was quite interesting that, that back in the day where we were really, really terrible. Now, we're talking about knee-jerking because there was no knee-jerk reaction then. Um... Yesterday or was it today? I think it was yesterday. Crystal Palace, Frank Lebeau. I mean, they uh, they hired him because they thought that they wanted to change their style of football. They hired a Dutch manager. And how many games in was it? It wasn't four. Four games four, in. Four league, four, four league and a cup game. Or well, four league games in, they decided to fire him. Now, people turn around and go, that's football for you. But listen, to me, isn't that a monumental cock-up? Because somebody, right, you've employed somebody... And you have said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to change our style of football. And you've employed this guy in. And after four games, right, he's obviously tried to change at Crystal Palace their style of football and everything like that. We know it's like when you get a Dutch manager in who wants to try and change the style of football and bring in the Dutch supreme kind of total football in there. He's obviously come in and try and do that. <laughs> after four players, apparently the players said we had no idea what was going on. We couldn't play the football that he was asking for. And they sacked him. Now... It's not his fault because he was always like that. He hasn't changed. So surely it's the person that's employed him. And the knee-jerk reaction, he's come in and he's like, oh no, and then you just sacked him. I mean, it's, it's a bit rubbish, don't you think? There's a lot of anti-Dutchman stuff going on here, which I'm, I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to take a little bit personally. Um, probably the most successful Dutchman in, in football at the moment. I think, I mean, four games is ridiculous. Yeah. and there, there has to be more to it than results. I mean, there, there is no way that you would sack the manager that you've chosen for the future just based on four results if... There wasn't other things going on in the background, and we, you know we, we hear the stuff about Marinus and you know, perhaps not being the right choice. There, there has to be more to it. I, I do not believe, even in football's current, you know, behavioural state, that you would sack someone just because you haven't won the four game. Particularly when you've gone for the, as you say, the change of style, the change of philosophy. You know, the young. This was it. I think they said their quote was, "This is this is evolution." You know, we're employing um, De Boer for evolution. You know, and they've gone from the young evolutionary manager to Roy Hodgson 
well, they've gone Roy Hodgson and 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 Sam Allardyce, and, and you know, two two England's kind of disgrace, well not disgrace, but kind of underachieving managers. Um, it's very difficult to kind of change your football philosophy. I would say actually in the top flight. I think you probably need to do that it's a couple of divisions down where you, you fall away and then you, you realise that, you know, we don't want to play this long, long ball, really kind of direct style anymore. We actually want to, you know, like Swansea did really, they, 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 they got into the top flight by playing really good football. Southampton did the same. Um, we, we'll, we'll do the same. It's 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 the way it's the way you get into the top tier is by playing top tier football. Um, Crystal Palace, they're in survival mode. Um, You know, Dutchman said this before the pod. You know, um, Hodgson's gone there to to keep them up. Now they're four games in. You know, he he, he can't he he can't do a terrible. He he, he, he can only he can only sort of win there. I, I think probably. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I just I think my point is that it's very difficult to change your football philosophy it, while you're in the Premier League. This t- for a cr- club like Crystal Palace, just survival is the be all and end all, and they probably they need to just continue the way they were playing. And, and, and talk, again, we're talking about Crystal Palace. You're talking about um, their Dutch manager. So we, you know, we thought we'd do a little comparison. To, you know, we had a Dutch manager last year, and we we're wondering whether or not it's a knee-jerk reaction when we got rid of him after eight games. Uh, yeah, sorry, two years ago. And the uh, interesting thing about it is that again, you know, it was talked about in the podcast last week. Um, I think it was, or maybe it was tweeted out, saying that you know uh, Matthew Benham's his thoughts are that he is really, really into the style of football. So if at the end of the day, if, if you're playing the right type of football with the right type of players and you're doing the right type of thing, even if you're unlucky with your results, that's much better than playing a really terrible style of football with a with a manager who is not quite in tune with the players and stuff. So at the moment now. It seems that we're playing the right style of football, and even though the results aren't going to plan, the plan is on. We're on course because you know Dean Smith is doing the right things according according to the manager. Now Dykehausen, two years ago, interesting. We just look at his record. He had eight games with Brentford. Do you know how, how many wins did he have? Do you know? Uh, I would say two. Two wins, draws. Two. Two draws, four losses. Um, how many points though? Um, so two wins, <laughs> two wins and two draws. Even my, even my, my schoolboy maths adds up to seven. Oh, <laughs> it's obviously eight, eight points indeed. That's right. But is it? But he had eight points from eight matches. But he actually, because we played seven matches, he actually had eight points from seven because we lost his lost his last game, which is Sheffield. Wednesday, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, got, I know that there's people sitting at home now going, "What's he playing? What two, two wins and two, two wins and two draws, seven points, idiot." <laughs> He's trying to defend himself there. So, yeah. So, so that was interesting as well. Going and the going back to that, it's interesting because um, we talk about the Warsaw fans. They come in and say, "Oh, Dean Smith, he's like." He has loads of runs, so he like wins loads of games, and he loses loads of games, and he wins loads of games, and he has these runs, and it's about once a season that he has these runs, which, in a way, you turn around and you think, actually, fingers crossed, if it's once a season, hopefully it's, he's having it now, and then in about two games on, we'll come out of it, we'll actually beat Borough for the first time in about 140 years, and we will celebrate him. But 2016, um, the run started in uh, the 12th of January. Um, no, uh, when we played Birmingham City. No, no, before that, at the beginning of January, we played Birmingham City. Now, how many matches did we was in the Dean Smith run there where we didn't do particularly well? Do, 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 do you know? Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. Five. No. 
Oh, more than that. He had a rubbish run of... Higher than an eight? Higher than an eight. Ten, twelve. Thirteen, we actually played thirteen matches. And out of those thirteen matches, how many wins did we get? um, Four. Two. You're right. Thirteen matches, we actually got two wins. How many draws? Oh, Laney's maths. Fifteen. Yeah. Four. <laughs> Four. We only got one draw. We got two wins and one draw. So the... Ten. Ten. Yeah. The rest. <laughs> ten. <laughs> we lost ten matches. 2016. You know, Birmingham City, you know, they beat us. Middlesbrough, they beat us. Burnley, they smashed us. We beat Preston North End. And also the other game that we won was Wolverhampton Wanderers, a bit of a surprise, at 3-0. We beat them 3-0, and that's the one when we got the 3-0 to QPR. We lost 1-0 um, to Blackburn Rovers at home. We lost 2-1 away to Charlton Athletic. It was a terrible, terrible run. 13 matches, 2 wins, 1 draw, 10 losses, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty sick run. <laughs> it's funny, though, you just, just into those Blackburn, league below us, Charlton, league below us. You know, for whatever you, you read about that, we are where we are, and so, yeah, the, those teams we were playing... Many of those have dropped. Indeed, indeed. And last season, we're going to come back to it as well, we had a, a, a run, a stinky run as well, that started actually, started in, pretty much it started in October, you know what I'm saying? And that run went on for, for a bit of a time. Now, I'm just wondering, how many matches do you think was in our stinky run that we had last season? 11. 10. 17 matches we had a 17 match I'll say stinky run you might say oh no it wasn't that stinky because we beat QBR right, but out of that 17 matches how many wins do we have? 3 2 2 wins how many draws? 3 2 3 draws 2 yeah. wins <laughs> 2 wins 3 draws we had 12 losses like, and I'm saying and that was between the, pretty much the 1st of October when we drew nil all with Wigan then we lost 3-1 to Newcastle nil all to Derby you know lost 2-0 to Barnsley we beat QPR 2-0 we were happy about that so we forgot about everything else we forgot that we beat lost to Fulham we lost to Blackburn we lost to Birmingham we lost to Norwich we beat Burton we lost to Bristol City we lost to Leeds we lost to you know we drew to, you know, it was just terrible terrible and it kept going on you know lost to Newcastle how's this joker still in a job <laughs> I'm saying so it's 17 matches 2 wins 3 draws 12, 12, 12 losses you know but then again after that we turned it around and the season before you turned it around so it's again it's, it's interesting to compare as to where we are now now the fact is that are we playing better football now than we were then in those horrible runs I've got to ask you the question we are okay Dykehausen run oh we're playing better football than Dykehausen yes Right, okay, and then the Dean Smith first bad run when he first came in, when we lost to sort of Birmingham and Brighton and, and Derby County and, you know, Rotherham and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're playing as good a football almost as, as when Yotta returned at the... Um, and that was the second time, right? it was also the first time. Yeah, we're playing better football than that, yeah. So, yeah, yeah but, I, I think we're playing better football with perhaps slightly less individual flair than we had. I think we had a couple of flair players there. Yotter, obviously. Yeah, but no, but this, but, but this is what was it? But you're talking about the hottest time. I'm talking. This is we had the bad one before Hotter came in. Yeah, no, I'm saying it, but I think we, 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 when we had a good patches in those previous seasons, we had those flair players. I don't think we've got as much flair now. Well, we I didn't. But Hotter wasn't. Hotter wasn't in. in Hotter wasn't in there for the bad runs. Hotter came in and the, and the run ended. Judge was in those yes. in those teams when we were having those bad runs. Well, one of them in, in the twenty yeah in the first one yeah yeah three <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but but what you know what's what you're saying what, you know what are we saying that he's uh you know he's a he's a he's a hot and cold manager 
is he is, is this is is he any different to any other manager? Do, 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 do all managers surely go on these little runs where they can't really quite? You know, are we saying that it's a very very tight division and we're actually only a very average team, or we're we're a middle we're a mid table team in a very competitive division? Where you know there isn't there isn't a fine line between defeat and failure and uh, defeat and victory and I, I think I think that's where we're at you know anyone can beat anyone in this division but we seem to we seem to lose a sequence and then win a sequence I I, 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 I don't I don't find how we can explain that I, I, it is odd it's odd that these runs go on for too long and then we start winning loads well I mean I think it's what one of the things is, is obviously it's less because we've only played seven games and one of those runs was 17 I think it was one of them was 13 so you say we've got 10 to go you know so I'm saying so it's, it's a lot less but what's interesting is that the record at the moment is worse but we, that's what I'm trying to get out of you. We're actually playing better football. So you're, play, you're playing better football, but you're getting even less of a result out of it than we were playing really terrible football. And we, were at, we at least got a couple of wins out of it. Okay, fair enough, they've got a couple of more games going. But the fact is that, you know, if we change, if we beat Reading and we beat Bolton, all of a sudden that changes because it starts to look like the previous runs. And you start winning a couple of more matches, it starts looking better. And what I'm saying, trying to think to you is that if we're playing better football, is it just better overall? Are you happier? The fact we're playing better football because that was that run last year almost had me crying. I mean, that red, that Reading, that, that Norwich game on New Year's Eve. I mean, oh, yeah, there was, was, was there was just was, like that was the, that, but that was the lowest of the low. No, 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 the one away at Reading at five nil. Like Norwich was five nil. That was like that was the lowest of the low. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Yeah, that was my darkest darkest moment probably. But um, you know, I, what, what I'm what I'm what I'm hoping that Brentford fans overall, and I think I think there's a huge swathe of people that listen to this who are kind of like minded and and they're and they're kind of like very very say liberal with a small L in their in their view of of the way we play and they, they can see the bigger picture. There are some and I'm not knocking these people but they're a little bit more black and white where it's it's kind of good bad and you know they, they're slightly more reactionary. And it's, it's very it's very you know they've got a valid point. You know we, we should be doing better overall than than, than we are but it's, it's, it's what... It, well, it's 23 to 16 or 23 to 14 as well as 23 to 4, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, I, I guess you've got, you've, got to look at the, you've got to look at the stats and you've got to look at the history, but if you look at the run so far, these first seven or eight games we've had this season, you know, we, we could or should have been on double, at least double our points tally if not a triple that we should be on t- we should be on 10 points now and that we would have probably been still slightly disappointed by that and I, and I think that's a realistic you know we, we we dropped we dropped we threw away points against Nottingham Forest we didn't beat Wolves we should have beaten Wolves we should have won at Aston Villa we didn't win at Aston Villa we should have got a point at Sheffield Wednesday we deserved a point at, um, deserved a point at Sheffield United we didn't get anything Ipswich we didn't deserve to lose you know you, you look at all of that you know and, that, and that's facts that's not me putting a gloss on it we deserve to get something out of it, all of those games and even if they weren't all wins we probably should have been on 10 or 11 points by now really interesting a lot of the teams we've played 
are in the top six, eight teams. You know, whether that's I know it's early and you know, the fact they're beating us kind of puts them up there after a while. But you know, the, the teams that the Sheffields and they're at the top on the walls. They're in the top half. You know, are we playing the best teams in the division? I don't know. It's it's too early. I, I struggle to get my head around why any manager would just go on long runs of wins and losses. I'm not sure how the manager affects that so much. I mean, it just seems an odd thing that you win you know, six in a row and lose six in a row. You know, that 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 would generally come down to the players and performance and confidence. And, you know, Maybe you could argue that we're consistent. Yeah, because we're, we're either consistently but, not good enough or consistently consistently inconsistent. Yeah, but it's these things. Really, I, I look, yeah, you, you went to Frank De Burt. I mean, he, he lost that game. He lost to Burnley at the weekend. Yeah, and they, they lost one 0 after three minutes for a horrendous back pass from their their fullback and, and Wood scored on, on his debut. You think he didn't create that mistake? You know, that mistake was created by a defender making a howler, and that's cost him his job. And yeah, is Smith responsible for what happened yesterday? He's picked the team that's playing good football. I mean, I'm not defending him or, or criticising him. So I don't quite get why why you would have a run of eight games on and eight games off when you're picking a team that plays good football. We all agree that, and we're creating chances, and we're you know, not getting the luck, or we're not finishing properly. You know, why are you finishing? It's, it must just be a confidence thing amongst the I'd players. Be, I'd, it must I'd, be the real catalyst. I'd, I'd say that we're. Um, I think Sergi Canos has got a lot to answer answer for. You know, I, I, you know, that's a that's a that's a that's a flippant like throwaway comment. He, you know, I think he 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 could bring the spark that we need. I just hope he's fit. You know, look he, the pictures that he showed on the internet on on Twitter or, or Instagram of his um, of his knee and his ankle looked pretty. He looked pretty blue. Um, you know, they said late fitness test. Whether that's true or not, yesterday, you know, I, th- I think he's got the spark. He's we wait. <laughs> Depends how late. Mate. We're waiting for a, 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 an, an extra spark, and I think Canos is the one that that could provide that. Ollie Watkins is another one that could provide it. More pay. Vibe. I don't know how many weeks he is away from coming back. We've got we've got the players there to to provide the extra ingredient. They just need to they need to do it. So listen, we need the listen we've. Again, points discussed. You know, you can write on the Besotted website. We're going to put this up on the Besotted website. And if you've got thoughts about it, just write about it then. Put it up on Facebook as well. Just just talk about it. It's just points to discuss. It's just interesting, these runs, we thought. And, you know, we never thought about it until you actually see it there in writing. Did you know that we, we had been on so such stinky runs beforehand? And if you look at it, actually, this run so far isn't that bad. We haven't got that many points yet, but we're not too far into it. We've got two games that are winnable. We need to win them, and everything's going to be looking different. But talking about those games, we're going to come back afterwards and talk very briefly about the game on Saturday against Reading. So Reading are coming to us on Saturday. And last time they came to us, we gave them a right good hiding. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, obviously sorted them out because after that I don't think they lost another game for quite a while and um, they got into the playoffs but before that we absolutely hammered them and they said to me oh my word your team is brilliant Uh, why aren't you right up there and that is the question so fingers crossed Reading had to come down and like I said I was speaking to my pals from the Tilehurst end chums yeah chums actually I was chumming chumming right up with them you know what I'm saying and they, they they love a bit of chumming so I chummed up with them and uh, yeah, you know the Becco. If you're tuned in, the Becco. We've got the um, 
Yeah, the, the webs and everything like that, you know. The whim. The, the whim, the whim as well, you know, and, hands, and the handbags as well. The handbags, he's not going to make the game because he's flying in from court service in Cyprus. Yeah. He's like doing jury duty in Cyprus. What's that all about? Oh, I'm happy saying? with that. I can do, do a bit of jury service in the Maldives if there's any going. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's not going to be there, the handbags. But, you know, the whim and then and, and the Becker and all them lot, you know, they're all going to be coming down on Saturday. And uh, they are not overly confident. We would have gotten them on the phone, but we thought instead we would just talk among ourselves today. They weren't overly confident. They said they've been fairly average this season. Um, they've been doing all right, but not, not brilliantly. And they said they're not going to do as well as last season, but they'll probably be mid-table-ish. So um, perfect opportunity for the Bees to get three points on the table, do you not think? I do, and I think well done for not interviewing them beforehand because no-one really wants to listen to anything about Reading, really, do they, to be honest? We don't, we don't really like them very much. But they're, they're, not, they're, not in the, they're not in the top tier of like hated teams. But you know, going back through the years, their, their record crowd... At Elm Park was against Brentford. They know it's, it's always been a big game for them to come down to Brentford. They are, they are, they they dislike us. They're like they're like Orient, a bit like Orient. I look at them. They're kind of like they they they're very envious of us. I don't, I don't know. I don't get any sort of negative vibes from them actually at all. At all. I mean, maybe you know, maybe you living sort of kind of more out that way because you practically live in Reading. So maybe maybe it's just you know, maybe it's just just from well, your end. Well, you, you you can get a train to Reading from where I live. So <laughs> if that but you know that could be from anywhere in the world really. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I live I live on the Reading borders. Yeah, yeah you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> outskirts is like you know there's like you know, there's the burbs you're like burbs reading burbs you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we need to take geography O levels as well as maths I think <laughs> after tonight is that O levels O levels yeah, that's right O levels but, it know, shows our age as well yeah, right every time he comes on the podcast he holds down his Uar accent because he's got a slight reading accent like you know like you know but which is all that's good like true. you know <laughs> I'm, I'm Ashford born and bred <laughs> Mate, not Ashford and Ken. This is proper Ashford Staines borders, mate. And Ashford is on the outskirts of Reading, Matthew, but anyway. Matthew Arnold. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on, Sam. So the, the Dutchman, anyway. I mean, because I know you're a lot less biased than Nani is because uh, living on the burbs of Reading. I never, I never kind of really thought about Reading too much until you know, all those years ago when they bought our players and kind of I hated them for buying our players, you know, a bit like Birmingham, and then actually kind of liked them because they had our players. And, you know, I loved sort of Inga Marson and all those players that went there, and they, they took so many of our players at that time. Sonko. And Sonko and Sidwell. And, and the um, Sonji. <laughs> yeah, there, was, there was just loads. Sonji, and Sonji. You, kind of wanted, you almost wanted them to do well because... Um, because you liked them whereas and then they, they beat us in that last game of the season or they drew that last game of the season that we need to win and then oh, just hate them so I'm very much looking forward to Saturday um, I, I, I do think we'll come good but I mean just caveat that with I thought we'd win the last seven games and we haven't um, but yeah, we, we know we're a good team and we know we, we, we're historically good at home and I think there's enough of a positive vibe around the place and I hope they start with the same team and put faith in it and I, I think it'll be a good day I, I think it's where our season will turn around a score prediction then the Dutchman I'm going to go do you know what I normally go for a cosy 1-0-2-1 I think I'm not going to go for the pasting really. I, 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 don't, I don't think I'll buy into the pasting but I think it will be 3-1 Brentford Delaney 
four one bs. Oh, oh, listen, listen, we're all getting overexcited here, <laughs> and I'm not allowed to show it because I was going to go three one, but you've obviously stolen my thunder there. So what do I do? Can I go three one as well, or could I? Do... We can both be wrong. Yes, oh, yeah. I'm going to go three one to Brentford because I believe that no, the bees will no, be back. No, 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 no. You're not allowed to. No, I, I think if you if you rewind to previous podcasts, you have to you have to you have to say three two or five one. That's, that's the only way you can no, do it. Two one. No, I'm gonna go two one then. Two one. Yeah, I'm gonna go two one or not five one because I think that's just getting a little bit excited. You know what I'm saying? So, which is all good. But listen. <laughs> This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Again, thanks for tuning in. Go to iTunes, write a comment about us. Just say, it's all brilliant and it'd be fantastic, you know. And also subscribe to us as well. Check us out on Saturday. We're going to be in the pub beforehand having a few jokes as well. We'll do a podcast afterwards. You can check that all out as well. And fingers crossed, we'll come out of that game with three points and everyone will be a lot happier. So we'll have to do a lot less pontificating. But as we come out of here, the Cross Keys in um, Black Line Lane in Stamford Brook. Fantastic pub. Come down there if you can do. But as we say... To those characters in the corner who've been sitting there for about seven hours, seven we say years. to them, Come on, you be. Give us a win. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.